Welcome to Powered by Podio. Automation is everything. Supercharge your business with Podio. Get ready for another episode of Supercharged with Jordan Samuel Fleming. Your weekly dive into the awesome impact workflow and automation can have on your business when it's powered by Podio. Join us each week as we learn from the top Podio partners in the world, as we investigate system integrations and add-ons, and hear from real business owners who have implemented Podio into their business. Now, join your host, Jordan Samuel Fleming, CEO of Game Changers, for this week's episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Supercharged. I'm your host, Jordan Samuel Fleming, here to talk all about the power of workflow and automation when your business is powered by Podio. Now, this week's episode, it's one of our special group episodes, and I am delighted to say I'm joined by three of my favorite Podio partners out there, Pete Cuff, Joel Ordesky, and Mike DeMunter. All three of them have fantastic and varied experience of building Podio all over the world and to all different types of businesses. And we get together for a little chat. It's evening for those of us in Europe and sort of during the day for Joel on the west coast of the US. And it's a great conversation about mistakes people make, of fundamental podio principles, and things that everyone should really be thinking about as they are working on their first podio or trying to get podio to work even better for them. Um, I had a lot of fun in this conversation. I always do when I speak to these guys. Um, they have a real wealth of knowledge about Podio. Um, I do encourage you, if you're looking for help with your Podio, drop one of them a line, or you can drop our, my company a line as well. Um, they've got a huge amount of experience in how to best get Podio to work in your business. It's a great conversation, a lot of great hints and tips. We didn't share screens this time, but we are gonna be doing so in future episodes. So uh, we started out by just catching up as a couple of old friends who haven't seen each other because of a pandemic. Let's take a look. Um, uh, How long are we looking to do it for, Jordan? Uh, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Like, yep. you know, let's not, like, as, as long as we stay interesting as well. Like, if you guys are boring fucks, then I'll turn it off. <laughs> okay, that's but one of us is going to be drunk by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's Joel. <laughs> so let's, let's. We all know what's in that coffee cup, Joel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They, you, book, he's got the green screen. So that's actually a fucking bar he's in. And he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's just, uh, He's just pretending. He's on um, mute. <laughs> so, all right, let's listen. I'm going to do a little roll call first. Um, tonight, uh, very happy to have be joined. Uh, I'm saying tonight because we're recording it across a number of time zones. We've got um, uh, good friends of the podcast coming back for this extra special uh, version of the podcast. One of these group podcasts where we get together. And uh, tonight it's about avoiding mistakes. So it's about uh, how we can look at some of the common mistakes that people use when they are uh, getting started with Podio or, or when they're just developing further in Podio because you make mistakes. At ev I've made mistakes at every point in my journey, I, and I still do. Um, so from, I guess, um, west to east, um, I, this is this is where I show my ignorance of fucking European geography. We've got uh, ha coming over from... Uh, from uh, the Pacific time zone, Joel. Joel, say hi. Hi. Introduce yourself a little. Good to be here. <laughs> Introduce yourself a little, teeny bit. Oh, 
Uh, I run, I'm a Podio consultant. Uh, I have a background in business. I'm a former COO general manager who was using Podio for a long period of time and then worked my way into being a Podio partner. Absolutely. And then I think in London, we've got Pete. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm the CEO at Future Solutions. We're a UK-based Podio partner uh, specializing in organizations that try and make the world a better place. Absolutely. Slightly further towards Russia, we've got Mike. <laughs> That's just like a one hour time difference with London. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm Mike, uh, CEO of Quivi and also Quivi Tools, Podio Extension since 2013, helping uh, companies to, uh, to grow and work more efficiently with, of course, Podio. Absolutely. And rounding it off technically is me. Um, And uh, I am obviously Jordan and this is my podcast. So I'll cry if I want to. And uh, uh, CEO of Game Changes Podio Consultancy for the last God only knows how long. And also one of the co-founders of Smartphone, uh, the only Podio phone system. So um, I think uh, I saw earlier, we're going to, we're going to do this, um, where each of you are going to be put on the spot. But I think I saw earlier that Pete, you had something prepared like homework. Uh, I, know, this, uh, I was as shocked as you not, <laughs> but I, I sat down and when, when forced to think of um, problems that you and mistakes that you make along the way, I initially said, I've never made a mistake. So I'm, I'm pretty sure you don't want me on this podcast. Uh, but then somehow a load of mistakes started to come into my mind. Things that I've, I've certainly um, done a few times uh, things that as we develop, uh, platforms for our clients we see common mistakes that people make and one of the you know one of the strengths of podio is that anyone can build anything in it um but like most things it takes a while to get good at it and it takes a while to understand what a mistake is um one of those uh, mistakes i think that's probably most common is that uh when you build a podio system and you start automating it it can become very noisy and uh, that's not only uh, the visual, sorry, the audio cue of every time you get a notification, hearing a popcorn pop, uh, which is Podio's uh, sound bite of choice to let you know you've received a notification. <clears throat> but also every time that you um, automatically update a field or change a value or create a new item, um, you can set it to be either a, um, a hook enabled event, which means that something else will trigger from it, or a silent uh, event and a silent event means that you don't get uh, one of those notifications, which means stuff can just happen. And what's very common is that people um, don't tick that box in uh, Podio Workflow Automation, uh, previously Globiflow. Um, they don't tick that box that says silent. And as a result, they get very, very annoyed very, very quickly when they've got overnight, they've got hundreds of notifications. And it goes from being this incredible platform where you are automatically updated on everything that you want to know about to this thing that just makes a load of noise and you can't see the wood from the trees. What do you guys think about that? Oh, absolutely. No, you know, managing notifications uh, is critical. It's It's a lot of user... You know, a lot of companies that will give up is because they get flooded with notifications. The sales teams get angry. Um, I think I, when I train, I train people how to, to to deal with excessive notifications. And certainly you need to start that at not over-programming notifications in flows. 
Yeah, same here. I, if I uh, get a new client on, on board, I say, uh, yeah, you can you can have like emails uh, also of notifications. Turn it on for like a couple of weeks because you have to get to know the system. But afterwards, most definitely turn it off, all of them, and just look into the one place, your notifications, use the silent, etc., etc., to keep your notifications uh, not from flooding yourself. Well, I actually, I want to push back on this a little. Um, because I, I agree with you in 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 the one hand, but I also want to push back on um the undervaluing of what notifications can really be, because mm-hmm. I think I agree with you that too much noise is like it's the same to me. It's the same as an email inbox. If your inbox has five thousand unread emails, fuck it. Like who cares? I mean, it, you might as well have none. It doesn't matter. Five thousand. Like what are you gonna do with it? Um, which is why my inbox is always at zero. Every day I make sure my inbox is down to zero. And I either, if I have to do something, I create a task for me to do something. And then I, I get that email out of the way. Or if I, if I can reply to it like that, I reply to it immediately and forget about it, right? Like I, I clear it out. And the reason I do it is to make sure that what matters to me is always visible, what needs to happen. And I think notifications are I agree with you, Pete, about the the noisiness, but I also don't think enough people understand just how powerful having notifications can be to make sure that their workflow bits that matter um, get get to them in the right way. What what do you guys think? Yeah, well, I I completely agree with you, but I think one of the things that that um, one of the reasons why some people s- struggle with it is because there is this. Uh, comfort that people have with the sanctity of an email inbox where they know that an email lands into an inbox and it sits there until they decide to do something with it. They can look at it as many times as they want. They can categorize it as many times as they want. They can reply to it and still leave it there. With a Podio notification, because of the way that it's set up, it's designed to be look at it once, decide what you're going to do with it and move on. And for many people, that's quite a hard, jarring experience based on what they've how they've worked up until that point and that kind of touch it once um make a decision thing move on is um very aligned with a a a productivity methodology that i strongly adopt i'm sure many other people do called getting things done by david allen an awesome book that changed my look changed my life when i read it Um, but that's very much in the spirit of decide what this you know a thing comes into your world decide what you're going to do with it so, Jordan, yes, a notification coming into your life is someone throwing something into your inbox and saying, here's something, what are you going to do about it? And if you can clear it down to zero, which is a big part of getting things done methodology as well, you have, he, David Allen says it's like a mind like water. You can just cope with stuff. Anything can happen to you and just deal with it and move on. Now, I think there is a slight finer point then about this, the skill that comes out of then managing notifications which is that a lot of people don't realize that when you interact with a Podio item, you then receive all updates about anything that happens with that Podio item forevermore. But there is just one little button you can click up at the top, which says unfollow. And if you unfollow that, all that noise goes away for that item. So that can be a really powerful way in, you know, in the same way that you might unsubscribe from a mailing list that you don't want to be on. That's the equivalent in Podio is if you don't want to hear any updates about this anymore, click that unfollow button all that noise goes away forevermore. Well, it's, it's like, what you uh, need to. Sorry, it's just what you a, need to know when you need to know it. Not, not, not 
I'm CCing you on everything approach. And that's that mix is a whole world of different in these systems, but you must manage notifications. And and I do say you you need to not repetitively, automatedly over notify. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, don't worry. Um, I was just going to say, like for me, notifications are really great. Really, I use them all the time. They're great. But that's for me as a consultant. If you're like a client, just working every day, do your work and all the items clicking around, always having to do the unfollow thing is not fully intuitively for uh, a lot of clients. I, I see, you know, each time you click on it, the follow springs up again. You have to unfollow it again. Uh, you know, it's a kind of a trade-off between what is manageable for you. But there's, for me, there's a difference between being a consultant and being an uh, end user. Okay. And what do you think? I mean, my, my I think, and again, given this is a kind of a podcast about mistakes, I think that one of the things, I think people leap to shut off notifications too quickly. In a sense, I, well, I agree with you, Pete, you can always go and you can unfollow it or you can, there are times when we make apps silent and control notifications strictly by global, by PWA um, as well. But actually there's, there's more, there's an easier methodology. Notifications build up. I simply go up and I go to the at once because the honest truth is it's the at mentions that matter pretty much universally. Everything else is either a process going to do something, it's going to create a task, or it's going to do something for me, or or anything else. So I simply just every morning, every, throughout the day, it's a it's more of a training thing than anything else. But I also think there are times when we we devalue people call it noise, but sometimes having a a sort of a faint view of what's going on in your organization isn't the worst thing depending on where you are in the level of your organization, right? Just seeing that, oh, the team has done this or that this has happened is not the worst things. And I think sometimes people rush to, to cut the noise out completely to their detriment. I, yeah, I, you guys I, I, yeah. I completely agree with that. Um, but I think part of it is about putting, allowing the user to make their own choices about what they want to follow what they want to receive notifications about and you know things like you can choose to follow apps and therefore receive notifications when other people create items in that app so for example one of my other companies i follow the sales pipeline app there because i'd want to paraphrase you jordan i want a high level awareness of what that other company is looking to sell what, what are we working on at the moment but i don't need to know the detail i just want to kind of have a background awareness of it but it's I don't almost peripheral. Every it's almost yeah, peripheral exactly. vision of like, I see something's happening and I'm at least aware of it. And I don't care enough to actually go <laughs> right now and see it and look into it. But actually I find certainly as a business owner of a couple business, I run completely in Podio. Just, just having that go back past me, I actually think hugely valuable. And I think people, they get obsessed with this. They get over obsessed with the notion of noise too quickly without getting over the hump of understanding what noise, what is actual noise and, and how to manage it. That's my view. Everyone rushes well, to I get it off. It's right. But the, the two, the distinction from a business point of view is the sharp knife and the dull knife. If 
if the notification creates a sharp knife, that's great. If it if you're if you're cutting through the paper constantly over and over and over to the point that it's a dull knife, you know, and and I say this in a concept of like, and I think from the mistake is that when a, developing something as a a flow or a set of flows, you know, so for example, if you're doing a flow and you're going to add in who's the uh, member field mentioned, right? If you're going to do 12 things to that, do the mention last because the mention will be the notification the person needs. If you do the mention first, then they get the mention and they get all those other changes occurring. And that dulls the knife down and makes that 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 peripheral vision now becomes, I'm not even going to look to that side because it's just so much noise. And it also, I think, is demoralizing. And I've said this to staff because I think this is a, a corollary mistake. If you use automation to assign tasks so massively that that someone wakes up in the morning and their notifications is at 750 and they've beaten it back to 100 when they went to sleep, they're so demoralized at the end of every day that they don't want to do the work. Now, they can't blame their boss, so they're going to blame the system. So again, that just totally dulls the knife down, and now you might as well be beating them with a baseball bat instead of cutting with a knife. So that, from a business perspective, both of these sides are valuable, but you have to, as a developer, keep the knife sharp and make sure that it's really effective and not just noise. Yeah, for me, the takeaway is take your time to trim down your notifications to how exactly you want to have them. It takes a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. But then in the end, if you have tweaked it just the way you like it, it's a brilliant system. That's interesting. Uh, Pete, did you have more of your of your homework assignment? <laughs> you, had, you had other points yeah, but before you know. we move on? Um, <laughs> keep putting me on the spot now. I'll start. Well, I'll take, let's take a completely different tack, which is that as I think um, Podio beds into an organization, more and more people are likely to kind of start getting the bug to go, this, this is interesting, this is exciting, this could work, or how do I make this work better for me? And I, I found that it can be quite easy that your system starts to sprawl because multiple people are now building it, multiple people are now changing it. And it can be important relatively early on, I think, to determine and decide and communicate who is responsible for polio in your organization. Have a named person, have someone that when you're doing you know, the equivalent of change management of saying, if it's a minor change, you can make it. If it's a major change, it's got to be passed by the person who's responsible, or you've got to document it or both. Uh, because otherwise you just kind of end up with different approaches to things. You might not have the same style. You might not use the same words. You might not capitalize things, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, there's a bit of thought by. I think that's a good point, actually. I think um, uh, actually, and actually I'll, I'll pick up on one question there. What do you guys think about, because I think about this a lot, about creating a app style for your you know for the app layout style of and sometimes it's naming conventions sometimes it's uh, we always put these things next to like underneath these you know it's this the communications bit will be followed by the tasks bit by the whatever bit 
in every app we do it to make sure that there's familiarity. I think sometimes a mistake people make is they hodgepodge it a little. They, you know, because potentially Pete, as, as you know, your point out to your point, multiple people are doing it. They end up having the, you know, a different flow of, of information per app, which I think is, ends up causing confusion. Whereas a, a small amount of standardization and setting a, almost a house style can make a big difference. What, what do you think? I yeah, like, yeah. yeah, what we do is uh, when we're building new apps, we start off from, a, yeah, we call it the, the clone app. It's like a kind of empty app with, with all the you know, structure and fields which we want to reuse over and over again uh, for every client. So that's where that's really our starting point. And we have training between the employees that we use the same conventions. Uh, stuff like that, try to get the customers along with the conventions and tell them why we do it like this um, and talk to us if they want to build themselves. We're not prohibiting them to build themselves, but we're saying just check with us if that's a good way to do it. And uh, yeah, take it from there. Yeah, I generally have, I generally say to clients, they need a, a, a podio cop. They need a person who is the, the point person um, I try to very much limit who has admin access and can even do all of this. Um, part of the reason is because then I can go to that that person and or maybe a couple people. That's fine, but there are certain rules of the road that need to be followed. You know, things that prevent other mistakes. No bi-directional apps unless absolutely necessary. App A doesn't refer to B, and B refers to A. I, it's just it, 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 it can, there are reasons to do it occasionally and there are valid reasons to do it occasionally, but as a general rule, it will mess things up. Um, and people's temptation to do that. I like to say, you know, it's like you have to have a rule that water flows in one direction. Okay. Water doesn't go up and down the river. It, it flows in a, in a path and, you know, getting people to think about that. So, you, you know, you have a lot of issues here of business workflow, code workflow, uh, so you need one person who can see this vision. And so by setting some ground rules and rules of engagement with this Podio cop, then we can, you know, prevent a lot of problems down the line, keep some uniformity within that organization, which may be vastly different than another customer, but at least within their organization, they, they hit that up. Um, and also um, uh, they have to, a process of asking for changes, not just doing changes within to the cop so that, you know, I had a client where, you know, the owner who was a former developer, wonderful, wonderful person. But one day he just decided it would be great if all the app titles were in uppercase. Well, the problem is I had a whole bunch of flows that looked to see whether it was a human or the app modifying the, the, the record. And every one of those flows broke. Because I was, of course, looking for proper case, and he then made it all uppercase. So, you know, someone, if he'd cleared that with the podio cop, she would have said, no, you can't do that because there are flows that would be impacted negatively. So you have to have that point person. Otherwise, it becomes a train wreck. I think also on the, there's the a part about thinking about um, future planning and future proofing your 
platform because there is that there's that fine balance between, for example, if you're a, a team of ten having one person who's responsible for polio, that's great and that makes sense today um, because everybody knows who that one person is. But what happens next year? What happens if that person leaves the organisation? So you need to think about the succession planning of who's who's shadowing whom, who knows how much, who can take over, who, you know, I'm always a fan of having redundancy as in extra capacity uh, in place for people who are looking after stuff. If you've got two people who can do the same thing, then one of them can be off sick and it can still happen. One of them can leave and it can still happen. So thinking about if you're going to put in someone who's got, you know, all of the keys, all of the metaphorical system keys making sure that there is at least a second copy somewhere else on somebody else's hands too. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think to me, I, I, you know, I think one of my takeaways from this or, or one of the things that I think is useful to highlight for anybody who's starting out in Podio particular is, is I agree with you is limiting how many people can play with all the tools um, so that you don't create a wild West environment of of, you know, you're trying to build this tool to help you run your business. Um, and if you, if ever, if you just let everyone have at it, then the chances are you're going to create absolute chaos. And, um, and also you're going to, you're going to break things. You're going to do this. You're going to go to that. And really another part of the equation is where is everyone's time meant to be? Are you there to do a job and to fulfill, you know, is Podio here to be your full-time job? Or is Podio here to help you do the thing you're supposed to do? <laughs> and 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 I think that, that there's a real danger sometimes with new people to Podio that if they've got the, that sort of mindset, that they'll, they'll become the person who wants to keep tinkering until you die. Instead of like, I'm building something to do a job, they become sort of self-obsessed with Podio, if that makes sense, right? I mean, and I think sometimes you need to set rules and limitations on that as well. Um, I was about to say, aren't there four of those people on this call? Not me anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't build anything anymore. It's great, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is great. Um, what about? Does anybody else have any kind of uh, uh, easy like mistakes? Uh, mistakes that they often see. Uh, Mike, you got one? Um, yeah, just pinching one off the list of Pete again. Um, but uh, making apps templates too long is uh, one I see happening a lot of the time. And there's almost never a reason to do that, to have an app like 100 fields. It's like probably just have to rethink it a bit and split it up and get your relationships right, not too many and not too less, and you will have a far better system. Um, I've seen that quite a lot. Uh, yeah, always persuading people to, uh, to, do the, to do the work to split it up. Why, why do you think it is that people create big long mega apps saying like probably, this one is going to control everything it's going to be great probably because a lot of them are used to excel and things like that uh, to just go yeah i'm going to create a new excel and do everything in the one sheet over there because i don't know how formulas work so let's do it all in one sheet and yeah i'm always a little bit horrified when i see like these kinds of uh single page uh, Excel sheets and say, there's the first thing I say, yeah, if we're going to use Podio, we're going to get rid of the Excel sheet and we're going to do it in four apps instead of one. Um, yeah. And if you get the customer along and why you're deciding to do that, because they kind of can complain like, yeah, it's, it will be more difficult to fill in my data. 
And it's actually not because one of the things that Podio are really great at is like entering data into multiple apps at the same time. I think that that's a brilliant design system within Podio just to go from app to app without you actually even noticing you're in different apps. So I don't really understand the complaint unless people don't know Podio. I haven't seen Podio. Well, actually, I want to push back on that again. <laughs> I'm a contrarian I'm <laughs> by nature. <laughs> I, I want to push back in a very specific reason, though, because I agree with you 100%, by the way, about the power of Podio is in the relationships. And a lot of times that's something you learn, right? But I actually think one of the common mistakes I see is people not aggregating data to single points of reference, signal objects. And that, and that actually... What you've just said, Mike, can open yourself up to a massive problem around that where people, for instance, I see this, we've probably all at some point touched the real estate market in Podio. <laughs> uh, at some point, we probably all, with a gun to our head or not, ha- had to do it. And oh. one thing that I see a lot is people moving, the, the natural inclination almost mentally is to be like, I've got a lead that turns into a client, you know, I've got this, the, a, a prospect or a seller lead that turns into a property that turns into the deal that, you know, and, and you've got this flow and Podio apps make sense. It's linear and it's flow and you can use the PWA to move them on and on. But what I see is people pushing the same data from uh, app to yeah. app so that yeah. instead of, Jordan Fleming being an object that can be linked by many things. I have Jordan right. Fleming, the seller lead, who turns into Jordan Fleming, the seller on the property, who turns into Jordan Fleming, the guy on the offer, who turns into that. And then you have data chaos. Instead As opposed of, to yeah. Jordan Fleming, the contact. Jordan Instead Fleming, of, the, exactly. Jordan Fleming exactly. the object. Yeah. Instead I, of Jordan I, yeah. Fleming, the object, right? right? And that, But yeah. I think that is twinned with what you've said, Mike, because – there's we've Obviously. got a there's a balance there that I think people get wrong a lot of yep. and data to me has to be aggregated to single business objects so that oh, you definitely. can use the power of relationship fields. Yeah, definitely. We we just can't stress it enough that you can just have just one contact app, just one organization app. It's really crucial to every setup we do. You have to have that because. Yeah, we just want one Jordan in the system. Actually, one is enough. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we all agree with that. Um, the, the thing I would add is that you, one thing that can really help prevent mistakes um, is, especially if people are getting really interested in Podio and what perhaps it could do for them and their organization, is going and learning a bit about good database design. Because what we're talking about here is normalizing a database and making sure that, to put it in a different way, you only write one thing in one place once. You don't write it over and over and over again. So, you know, taking Jordan's example, if you've got a person who can hold many roles with you or, or, or interact with you many times, don't write their name out over and over again. Don't write their email address over and over again. Have a place where you capture people, their names, their email addresses, their phone numbers, their addresses. Fantastic. And link to it. Use a relationship field. Link to it over and over and over again. Yeah. Cool. I see I see a lot of people tempted, you know, so I normally have like in real estate, I'll have, you know, prospect, which are unqualified, the masses, leads, which are opportunities. And then it goes into the next app. And I push lead as far as I can push it. And then it becomes a property when it's under contract. 
what I, I run into with clients sometimes is they go, okay, but I need everything that was on the prospect to move to the lead and everything that's on the lead to move to the property. And I'm like, no, you don't. Because you can one click pop back to the other place. I said, you only need here what you need every day of the week on this record because you have the ability to go backwards and get that data to click one click away and 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 get it and maybe the answer is to say okay you can click through to both the prospect and to the opportunity record from the property so you don't have to daisy chain through um you know the other thing to that point is that from a, a kpi standpoint and certain other things is that i i had a client once go well why is my why am i linking this the prospect, the original prospect through. And I'm like, because when I total everything up, you're going to say to me, how many prospects did I get? And then how many of them converted to leads and how many of them became properties? I need that data structure. So the first point into the system is the, is the, the hero point into the system. And therefore, everything has to string together back to that for data analysis. And, and people get a little strange about that. They would rather just say, I forgot everything. And and I'm going to bring into this one more big mistake. And this, this comes into this conversation. If I hear one more client tell me, well, I want to delete it from prospects. If it, it's, I, I'm going to say this once, no person ever got fired for deleting or for not deleting record. If you delete a record, people get fired for that. Don't don't go deleting fields, you know, that have been historical fields, hide them. If I had a dime for every time someone called me up and said, oh, we deleted a bunch of fields. We thought we were done with them, but it turns out there was data in them. I'm like, Joel's first rule, don't delete things pretty much ever. Hide them. Be, be triply sure you can live with yourself after deleting this. And, and because deleting always leads people to bad regret how how many rules does you'll have and and do you and <laughs> do you have a placard and can we all no, get a I, but i should i should but that one <laughs> next that podio one is, meetup is there is that next podio meetup that we, we have we need much I was going to say, in terms of this data hierarchy and aggregation that i think i'm going to toot my own horn here because i think that smartphone has enforced that rule for a lot of for a lot of people in real estate where they used to go copy to copy to copy because smartphone only connects to one contacts app which has admittedly it it drives some people nuts for other reasons but that actually has forced the aggregation to a contacts app and then moving it you know this contact is the seller for this property for this offer for this uh, in a way that I think we've been helpful for I think it's we've been more helpful than not in that case. I think personally. Another, no, I, sorry, another benefit of using relationships and reference fields between between apps is that you get instant inf insights into that. I, you could just go and look at a contact in your contact app, scroll to the bottom, and see all of the related items that link to this one item. So you can see that this person was a buyer for three properties, a seller for five, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it all depends on your, you know, your business, your use case. But the power of relationship fields in Podio is insane. And if you, and if you aren't using them, that's a big mistake. Well, and, and going back to our kind of mistakes, this is almost a hint, not a mistake. 
But I think one of the things people need to look at immediately when they start working in Podio in terms of PWA is understanding the power of getting the referenced, of getting information. Because that once you understand, I mean, okay, set aside that you can also just search or do use the Podio item ideas to get blah, blah, blah. But that's more advanced. But once you know that A connects to B, then you and you realize that you can use Podio PWA to go through, grab data and do something, you suddenly don't need to panic about the data. I think a lot of times people think they need the data here to send an email off it or to send a, a sign- e-signature document or whatever. They, they kind of go, well, if it's not all here, then I'm not going to be able to merge the data because I don't know how to do it. And that power of, you know, the, the power that Globiflow, I'm going to call it Globiflow, I don't give a fuck. The power <laughs> that Globiflow has in that ability to go deep into your Podio system and grab data that's related to you, even if it's one, two, or three bits away, I think is 100, it is what makes Globiflow an absolutely essential tool versus a Zapier that can go one level and then you're done. And you're like, well, can't go anymore. With Globiflow, you've got the ability, so you you don't have to worry. And I think it's something that I wish Globiflow had better tutorials on to be able to be like, hey, look, guys, if A links to B and B links to C, don't worry, because all that shit is available to you. I mean, that's... I you, mean, bring, I would, you bring up one of my... The, a mistake, a double-level mistake that, that you just brought up. I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, but, but you have to know what you're doing because... More often than not, when a client calls me and says, I have a flow that is not working properly and, and I see the get reference, these mistakes are almost always at the rough, the heart of it. The any, or, okay, it's, they, they, it's forward reverse and then they chose any instead of choosing the field. That any, the only time you use that any is when you specifically intend to use that any. A good example of that is I have five contact fields in this in this app, and it, yeah, I'm I want to make sure that I'm looking at any of them, whether it's the owner, the buy, the owner, the contact, the buyer, or whatever. I want it. that's in true use of any. If you use any in any other contact, it's context. It's going to it's going to hurt you. And then the other one is, and I see this all the time, and I may be overly careful about it, is the use of update all referenced, okay? Instead of doing update. a get reference very selectively and then maybe doing a for each and, and filtering down to what you want. But when you say update all referenced, that's by, and, you, and if you have the earlier mistake of bi-directional relationships, all hell breaks loose. All kinds of weirdness will occur. These things at for for, for flows is is just fatal. In sooner and, or later, they're and ninety five percent of the time, what they're trying to do is they're trying to go to this one item via this field and update the collected item. That's ninety. Nine percent of the time, probably actually, for for new people, it's they're actually trying to go find the seller or find the whatever and update this thing. Um, and and you, I don't think many people actually use the uh, the 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 update the get all that you were talking about, Joe. I don't think I think very few people use that in in the way that it should be used. I think ninety eight percent of times in novices. To, it'll be, I wanted to go via this field to get that one thing. 
and right. and that's it. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. I agree with that. And the system lets them get away with it most of the time, but it 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 it's those times that then builds a really bad habit of never defining the field, and then when they get into a situation, it's bad. And like I said, that's the same with the update all reference. You can update the all the references quicker than doing a get reference and update collected, i.e. it's one less thing you need to put in. But all of a sudden, you know, the team creates a bi-directional link and you're suddenly updating things in bi, you know, both directions that you never were before. And now things are going dreadfully wrong. I, I agree. I agree 100 percent with that. Um, any other, uh, you know, this is actually, this is actually quite interesting. Um, I was, <laughs> I don't, I don't mean to sound surprised by the, the three of you, but, um, <laughs> this is, uh, I think this is quite interesting because there's a lot of little things that I probably made every one of these mistakes when I was starting out and, and, and learned the hard way. Um, are, are there any other sort of ones, Pete? Pete? Yeah, I've got one that kind of dovetails onto the idea that we were talking about the, um, about, uh, good database design and you know breaking things down to the smallest parts so that you can use them in multiple different places. Something we see quite a lot, um, and it, there is, there isn't a golden rule on this, so that's what makes this kind of quite hard to understand and explain. But is when it can be appropriate to use a category field, and when it can be appropriate to use a relationship field. So we talked about relationship fields quite a lot, where you link to, from one app to another. Um, but category fields are kind of quite straightforward. They're, you know, pick from this list. Here's a list of options, choose, you know, one or many. Um, but relationship fields can be used in a very similar way to, to category fields in that, again, it's once you link it to an app, in that app, you're choosing from a list. It's just that you're choosing from the list of items that are in another app. And some people, what we see quite often is that they will say, choose, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Let's take, say, the states uh, in America, so or the, the um, abbreviations of the states or whatever. In fact, no, states in America is a perfect example for two reasons. What you will see is that sometimes you want to have the name of the state, sometimes you want to have the abbreviation of the state, the two-letter le two abbreviation. If you put that into a category field, you've got to type that out 50 times, 50 options. That's a bit crazy. And then if you say, oh, in this app, I want it to be the uh, abbreviation, this app, I want it to be the full name, then you've got to write it out twice. It would be a lot better in that instance to have one app called United List of United States and then have 50 items in it. One with the full But you've got a great you've got a great point. I think that's actually a really interesting point for a beginner because I think it's sort of like using a tasks app versus the Podio native tasks in that sense. Category fields are sexy because they're colorful. Yeah. That's why people quick. like them. And they're, yeah, quick. They're, they're quick and they're quick and dirty and they're colorful and you can color code them in the calendar, which means that's what you should be using them for. You should be using them for these things. I use them mainly for like statuses or, mm -hmm. you know, like the type, whereas we use a lot of relationship fields, background apps as pick list apps, because it also means you can add new pick list items without really changing any flow without really. Whereas if you start mess doing it in a category field, your your the game changes quite quickly, or you've got to open up the template, modify, and do this and that. Whereas instead, if you've got a pick list app, anybody can go and add new services or products, and it ties into what you've got. It's more scalable, 
Is that, you know, I think that's a good point. And, and let's also yeah. say that they, they create the 51st state tomorrow. Then in that 51st state, as you say, you just go and add one more. And all of the apps that you've linked to saying, go and look for the, the states in America is all of them are updated. You don't need to go and update five different apps where you all, where you want to link. And to you can have them going. Sorry, Mike, I'll let you come in. And you can also reference that same pick list from other apps and, and have a unified place as opposed to having to type out another fucking category field worth of things every time you do it, unless you're cloning the app. Sorry, Mike. Sure. Yeah. I, t- I have a, we have a couple of rules of thumb, which probably a, well, most of us have. It's like, if it's really static stuff, you know, like a status, which is new in progress, done, canceled, definitely use a category field. Um, also, another rule could be if I have more than eight options, uh, most likely I'm going to go for the relationships field because, well, Podio only has eight colors for it. May seem like a stupid rule, but it's not as stupid as it sounds. Uh, I think, um, you know, it's really like if it's really static, go for the category field. They're great for that calendar options yes but as soon as you want something dynamic which is might change next week or next month do a relationship do the extra little bit of work and you'll be very happy with it afterwards yeah category fields also have another flaw that people don't think of especially if they're they're triggering flows okay a lot of people when they get a large list like the state drop down that pete was talking about will instead of obviously instead of doing in line they use the dropdown. Now, the dropdown is prone to user entry mistakes because you're spinning down. You find the one, but your finger slips slightly and you pick the wrong one. So we've had clients who have er- erroneously triggered on dropdowns of category fields the wrong thing, whereas in a uh, relationship lookup, you you type it and you you can go. So by saying, like Mike said, I'm going to, I'm going to, limit myself to eight, you can always do the line across and you get the benefit of the color and it's it's a nice big target and you don't have this flow uh, drop down that can trigger a flow that you never meant to trigger and create that accident through user entry. I actually have had to, with clients who won't let go of it, I put a, a, blank, a, a dash line above and a dash line below the critical ones so that nobody chooses them by mistake. Um, because there's a buffer around them. But I think that's an important thing. And the other thing you touched on was that, you know, from a growth perspective, yeah, you may only have 12 of these things today, but you may have 30 of them tomorrow. And if that set of, if you have to copy that category from this to this to this, because you want it for filtration purposes, which is totally legit, then what you run into is someone has to then say, oh, we're going to add one. Now I have to go add them in five different apps. I need to go add that. And I have to spell it exactly correctly that, in the that's proper the biggest upper problem and lower sometimes. case. And, and without an extra space at the end, because that's fatal too. Otherwise, when Podio tries to make the record, it errors out. It doesn't make the record because it couldn't put that in and it, it, it fails. So, it, you know, relationships are just much better that way. Uh, that's a really great point, Joel, because I, and that goes back to our aggregation kind of concept of, you know, having a pick list app, which multiple apps can reference means you can't fuck it up in a sense. You can't, you know, if you, if you're going to, rela- if you, if you're going to link to it from another app, you're using the same pick list, you are using the same pick list 
and you can't accidentally, you know, spell it wrong because you're typing quickly or have an extra space or or any of these things, which I do usually do all the time because you'd have to, you know, you'd have 10 category options back when I was doing it that way. And and it's very easy to screw that up. It's it's super easy to screw that up, actually. Um, I have I have something else, to, another big mistake that is really done all the time. The top field in every app is the most critical field. That is the index. That's the search field. Now, what a, cl- a lot of clients do is they it's the contact name in three different apps. I always put a calculated field at the top of every app and it's 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 more than just a name it's a name and a few factors so that when you're searching for um so like in real estate i always like to joke with my real estate clients is you're not selling people you're not into slavery right the guy's like no and i'm like you you buy and sell properties so i i don't care that this is john doe i care that it's 240 south linden drive because that's what you want to buy and I want John Doe's name there because he's the person we're talking to. So the title has to then be 240 South Linden Drive dash John Doe. And then just to make it a little more differential from the next one down the line, I put the status, you know, there, the lead status as well. So now I have this dynamic title. And then when you're referencing it from other places, you get more information. It's easier to spot the right thing. And having that calculated field at the top not only gives you more clarity, but it also, from a a flow programming perspective, it gives you a a dedicated thing that you can always do. Does it exist? What's the item count of title? You can do calculations and relationships to that because it's never empty. It's, It's got a lot of upside gain, but I way too often see, we'll go in and see, especially like someone who doesn't have a contact app. And I'm like, wait, you have 12 records that are John Doe. He's like, well, yeah, John owns 12 properties. And I'm like, well, how do you tell which one? Oh, I have to go into each one until I find the one that I want. I'm like, you know, that's where you have to have it, where it's, you know, property dash the name. It's easy enough to do in JavaScript um, to make those. You sometimes have to put a little trick in that says, if the field is null, make it blank so that you don't end up with the word null in there, but still it's it's well worth doing. I I would totally agree with you, Joe. Maybe to have like 100% of the apps we built have an ID as a third field, maybe except for the status bit. I, I don't like to have, you know, changing information in the ID. I, I want it to be like fixed forever. So I personally wouldn't mm. put a I status, do the status in there. We, I, we do. I, I do the stuff. Uh, we, ah, see Mike? Three against one. Okay, I'm the yeah. only one. Okay, okay. I shut up. What, what, what we would, what we would do is, Mike is is similar. Is have a different field that isn't the top field, that is the static stuff, saying that you can always search for this and it will always come up. But things that we, we kind of tend to use that a uh, top calculation field to go. What's the you know the critical ten percent that we need to know about this record? What does it? What does it? What's it here for? And how do we find it again easily? Because, you know, just an ID number isn't... I would, I would use the relationship batch for that, you know, if you want to have, like, a maximum of five informational bits, mm-hmm. uh, then I use the relationship batch for that. The, the other thing that I think goes hand-in-hand hand with that, and this is um, this is sort of a... I, I think it's a, a necessary and easy top tip to that I put into every single... We put into every single app is we always have two hidden fields at the bottom 
of every app, one which has the which we automatically fill on item creation with the Podio item ID. Definitely. Um, and one with the URL. Um, uh, yeah. with the URL field for the item um, and using the X slash Y. If people don't realize, you can do HTTPS colon slash slash podio.com slash X slash Y or actually slash slash anything, slash uh, which I've done for some clients um, and uh, slash item slash the Podio item ID and that will always take you there. And having those there and we'll often put a calculation field in which shows the item ID as a search, like here's your search criteria. Those little things can just make your life in Globiflow just, and, and your life in just general, just a lot easier, just a ton, ton easier. By the way, Jordan, the HR department would like to see you after this call. <laughs> I have, I was in a pissy mood one once with i can't remember what but i was doing a system and um i and i and i put like htbs on podio.com slash fuck slash you slash item slash and, and so that every url is podio.com slash fuck slash you slash don't I, I i don't think citrix listens to this podcast so uh but <laughs> anyway guys um i I can't thank you enough for coming on. I, I think this is really fa- like to me listening and giving these little tips and listening to your guys' experience, um, I think is hugely valuable. Um, it's a, I really also just on a personal level, very much enjoy seeing you guys and listening um, uh, to your, your ideas. I always learn something every time I speak to you guys, I learn something. So I'm sure everybody else will as well. I will make sure that everybody's, um, websites are on the podio uh the podcast story page and on the description i do encourage you if you're listening to this and you want to reach out to the guys on the podcast um they're all consultants they're all fantastic podio and other product um integrators uh so they really know what they're doing and um i just can't thank you guys enough You've been listening to Supercharged with Jordan Samuel Fleming. Subscribe today on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify for your weekly dive into how you can supercharge your business by making it powered by Podio. Be sure to check out our website, wearegamechangers.com, where you can learn more and arrange a 30-minute call with Jordan to help you understand how Podio supercharges you. 